Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Physical Tiny Room. Welcome back for the last time this year to the Physical Tiny Room. I am the co-host of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. I am the one in the title who is first chronologically, uh, but not alphabetically, I'm Michael. And I am joined by the man who has been called the Major Tom of Irish podcasting. No, sorry, the Uncle Tom of... No, no, the Major Tom. The Major (laughs) Tom of Irish podcasting. It's Benjamin. Say hello, Benjamin. Hello, Benjamin. I thought we'd do it for posterity on the final episode of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Major Tom is okay. I'm okay with that comparison. We had a little sing-song, Ben, in the tiny room before we started. Yes, because it is sometimes feels like we are sitting in a tin can. Yeah, and Ben, we are not, we do not harmonize well. We we, we don't. There's there's a grating disharmony. Look, you know what we might do? We might do a little, uh, we might do a little version of it at the end of the podcast. Well, we'll see how that goes, Michael. <laughs> for, for anyone who makes We'll it see how part. liquored up and how boozed up I am yes, to make sure that's ben. possible. And Ben, it's a special episode today. Is it? It's the second annual Mickey's. The second annual Mickey's. <laughs> Do we have to do the normal theme music now, or is that all that do? Yeah, fair enough. (gasps) Theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. But I hope someone will mix them up for us. I don't want to name any names Rachel, I hope it's Rachel (laughs) (laughs) Bloody hell, okay um, Ben, before we get to the Mickeys um, There's some news News? Michael, it almost seems pertinent that we as a pop culture podcast should cover that news Yeah, well let's do it then Okay, Um, fair enough there were two big trailers this week, Ben. There were. I've written Hellboy down here, and then I've looked at it, and I thought, that looks wrong. That's not what he's called, but that is what he's called. No, that is what he's called. That's his actual name, yeah, Hellboy. No, I looked at it, and it looks like something that I've written as a yeah. joke. Or, you know, the new internet meme of a something boy. Yeah, good boy. Like a, or a Lego brick will be a bricky boy. Uh, we have tofu boys as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Vegan yeah. boys yeah. For, for weaker men. Yeah. I think they're often called soy boys. Sorry, soy boys is what they're called. Mm. And do you think that Hellboy is a soy boy? Uh, the new iteration may be soy boy-ish, I'm not sure. To to catch listeners up, there have been two Hellboy movies. Uh, I'm sure you've heard this before, but if you're new to the podcast, you should probably know there have been two Hellboy movies previously. They were directed by Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. They, <laughs> they starred Ron Perlman Ron as Perlman. the titular character. Uh-huh. He talks down here and... He's just usually kind of grim. That's a very bad Ron Perlman impression. No, it's very hard to get his voice. It's very deep. Mm. There has been a little bit of fan backlash because many people associate Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro as the definitive director-actor duo to bring Hellboy to life. And unfortunately, unfortunately, um, there are two new people taking (laughs) on the role. Everybody hates new people. Uh, everybody, well, the fan communities hate new people, but the the new actor playing it is David Harbour from Stranger Things. David Harbour. Harbour, sorry, got that completely wrong. David Harbour from Stranger Things. And the trailer's up this week, Michael. And Ben, it's quite different tonally from what people were expecting. Yes, we were promised something a little bit darker. I think one of the major criticisms of Guillermo del Toro's... Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. One of the major criticisms of his work was that it was very light. It possessed a great deal of levity. A fluffy a fluffy piece. A fluffy piece. There was comedic undertones. There was a big love story, which isn't traditional in the Hellboy comics. Mm-hmm. And I think in order to spare themselves and mark themselves out as utterly different, the new cast and crew promised yes, go on. that they would deliver a darker, kind of more mythic... Michael just punched me straight in the nose, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm going to talk like this for the rest of the podcast. Sorry, man. Um, he was trying to fix my microphone because yeah. there's something wrong with my microphone. I fixed it now, it's fine. It's fixed now, wonderful yeah. news. So they were promised a darker tone, but this trailer... Mm. Doesn't seem to have much of a darker tone, Michael. No, it's quite strange, isn't it? It's it's on you. To begin with, whoever picked the soundtrack to go with that trailer mm. should be shot. Right. Several times over. Very 80s. Right. Very 80s. It would seem that Hellboy is to be set in the 80s by the looks of everything. Is it? It looks very 80s. To me, Michael. To what me, else, Michael. What else was set in the 80s recently? 
everything. Ah, Stranger Michael, Things. Thor Ragnarok was very of, 80s yeah, yeah, in its yeah, own yeah, way. Right, hey, right. the 80s are back. The 80s are where the 70s were 10 years ago because we're just recycling decades now and the 80s are where we're currently at. The 90s are next. We've already started with the 90s kind of nostalgia movies of what it was to grow up in the 90s. Captain Marvel. Uh, it, uh, yeah, it's going to be a disaster once we get to the 2000s because it's a cultural graveyard bereft of anything of use. People would have said that about the 80s and 90s, though. Really? Before, yeah. This is just normal, Ben. This is just a cycle. Oh, excellent. Okay, I'm yeah. part of the old fogey crew now. Yeah, exactly. You, it'll come back around and bite you. Don't worry about it. Ben, mm-hmm. I wasn't bowled over by the trailer, I have to admit. No, it looks a bit meh. Yeah. It looks a bit meh. The, the makeup seems worse. It does, doesn't it? It seems like a cheap Halloween mask. It's or no, I, I a high-end Halloween mask, but it's still a Halloween mask. Yeah, well, I think it's that David Harbour has a less distinctive face than Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman looks like a Mike Mignola drawing. He does. That's a oh, excellent call there, Michael. Thanks. That's that's a great call. Um, so it might be a casting issue. I wasn't bowled over by David Harbour as Hellboy. He I seems thought... awfully short. I don't know. There was something about it, something about the tone of voice or something. He was he was playing it quite straight. Yeah, but also I don't know, there were a couple of jokes that I just missed, like the the silly one with the old lady. I'm going to need to see some ID, love. Yeah. R- really? Yeah. And then I'm on your side. Yeah. When the officer shoots at him. I mean, we saw that in Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah, when they accidentally shot Quicksilver. I'm not <laughs> There was no accident there. No, no, but the guy, the police shoot him. Yeah. And he looks all sad. Yeah. Then he gets killed. Um, but anyway, it's interesting from a... Let's let's not shit on it, Michael. Right. I As we've witnessed all through 2018, trailers are a pack of lies. Trailers are a pack of lies. Trailers are a pack of lies. That's what we should have called this podcast. A pack of lies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one, one of the important things that we have to kind of look at here is Hellboy is still not a major league character. He's not a big draw for outside audiences that wouldn't be used to comic books. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. they're packaging him in like a light comedic tone so people come to see a light comedy and then wham! Also, Mila Jovovich as the villain, she's not a huge box office draw. She's she's big in the genre. She's Yeah, maybe they're hoping, maybe they're banking on some genre cash. There being some genre fans with mm-hmm. her. It's interesting to see, I, while I was breaking it down, I was looking at the different things that might reflect it from the comics. There are quite a few things... Uh, they're going to use the end arc with Hellboy being descended from King Arthur, by the looks of things. There's, King Arthur's really back, isn't he? He's, yeah, there's a new child blockbuster with kids in it called he, The Kid Who Would Be King. Yeah, the yes, The Boy Who Would... No, I think oh, it's, no, no, yeah, it's yeah. The Kid Who Would Be King, because Boy would be too on the nose, because yeah, it's it, an actual novel. It is interesting, and then uh, Aquaman was essentially a King Arthur film. And then we had the King Arthur film. Yeah, and we just shit on King Arthur. I know. Come on, we guys. did a whole episode about it, Hellboy. We did a whole episode. But they're going to follow that. Uh, the Blood Queen is the final villain that Hellboy faces in his lifetime. Um, so it's not a full reboot. He seems to have been going for a while. They're hinting at the fact that he's been trained throughout his life to be uh, kind of... You think it's going to be like Marvel's an Incredible Hulk? I think, yeah, it's going to be an in-medias res kind of gig where they just dump us in the middle. Good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely necessary. We had two movies of Hellboy finding his feet that I wasn't into. Yeah. Um, Baba Yaga's in there, the house Baba with Yaga. the chicken on his legs. Not John Wick Baba Yaga. Oh. Um, it's... Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Baba Yaga. Nope, it's Slavic Baba Yaga. No, classic Baba um, Yaga. The house on chicken legs is there. You can I see know. him falling from it at one point. I, it's collected, for the, I collected Monster in my pocket. It's for the Listeners. Oh, the listeners. For the listeners. Don't Fucking forget, we do listeners. this for other people. Um, Wild no, we Hunt. Uh, no, we do this for us. <laughs> the, that's actually the, the greatest pack of lies that yeah. we told anyone. Yeah. Um, also, the Blood Queen is there and the Wild Hunt is there, which the came Wild in Hunt. towards the end. Yeah, the it's, Wild Hunt, not from The Witcher. Uh, no, it's from everything, Michael. Mm. None of these things usually have an original mythic concept. They borrow from real life and expand on that. Benjamin, yes. speaking of not having an original concept, did Go you on. see the trailer for Men in Black International? Here come the Men in Black. In an Australian accent. Um, yeah, an Australian hiding behind a British accent? I don't know what he's doing. He's just doing a Chris, Chris Hemsworth name. I'm okay with that. I love Chris. You know what? I'm soft on Chris. He's a very handsome man. Much less handsome without a beard, though. 
Has a lot of charisma though. Still handsome. Got a lot of oomph. Yeah. Boys got a lot of... And he's reunited with Tessa Thompson. Yeah. From Thor Ragnarok. From Thor Ragnarok. Apparently they're good buddies. In real life. Good buds. Ben, talking to the microphone, you're talking past the microphone to me. <laughs> good buds. Apparently they're good, apparently they're good old friends. Apparently they're top <laughs> friends. Um, sorry about that, listeners. I'm, I'm terrible at this after a year and a bit. Um, <laughs> just have not found my feet. Just have not found my feet at this particular gig. Um, yeah, it looks like that we're going to have a, a good old Men in Black expand. Nobody wanted it. Nobody, nobody asked nobody for it. Nobody asked for it. Number three wasn't wonderful. I think this is... Is, is it going to be Ghostbusters Ocean's Eleven territory? There's already a surprising amount of backlash about we didn't want a woman. We didn't want... Oh, you know. Tessa Thompson go. is great. Yeah. She's really great at whatever she does. Yeah. She's I, a fun character in whatever we get to see her in. I didn't like her in in Creed. Oh, I really? She was a bit of a squib. Oh, a damp squib, if you yeah. will. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I didn't see her in. I didn't see her in Creed two. I saw Creed one. Yeah. Did you enjoy her character in that? She seems to be there mostly to replicate the Adrian arc. Yeah, exactly. A little bit, just to, just to have a little bit more emotional vestment. Mm. I can't even remember her name. Samantha. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> um, why not? I don't remember. Um, yeah, I don't know if I care. There, there's a lot of in jokes, and I think they they keep talking about the red button in the car and the car. There's supposed to be a red button here somewhere to, t- and then you know tiny weapons with a big punch and stuff like that. I don't think the original trilogy had that much. Does it have that much of a following? Am I completely wrong it here? It is pop. It is popular. It's Do in jokes carry? I think people uh, maybe the movie won't be as in jokey as the trailer. Yeah, I happened to rewatch them, not very recently, but in the last six months. Mm-hmm. They're very low budget. Well, they're not that low budget. They're no, just, no, but they seem low from budget. The early days of yeah, CGI and that, but even Men in Black Three. Men in Black Three wasn't a good film. It was a terrible film. Josh Brolin was pretty good. Josh Brolin was great, but Josh Brolin's great in everything. He's a Tessa Thompson. <laughs> um, yeah, Except uh, in Creed, he wasn't great in Creed. No, he wasn't great in Creed as <laughs> uh, as Creed's mother's. Girlfriend, Samantha, who had a sex change operation. <laughs> um, um, look, I'm telling you, I don't. Yeah, it's it's one of these no one asked for things, and I'm worried about Chris Hemsworth continually showing up in things that no one asked for. Yeah, because it's the second one. He was in Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters too. He might be the kiss of death for non-superhero stuff. Oh dear! Although he was in El Royale and very well received. El Royale was excellent. Mm. I thoroughly enjoyed that film. Anyway, Ben. Yes, let's move on. Go on. We read a comic book this week. A comic book, eh? Not together. We read the same comic book. We didn't read it together. We didn't read it together. On the couch. On the couch. hot of chocolate. No. We would never snuggle up and do something like that no, as best be podcast be, bros. That'd be weird. Uh, Cla- Claws. That was <laughs> that was a nice awkward pause to really sound. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome to A Pack of Lies, <laughs> the podcast where we just lie to our teeth. Here. We went to see, uh, we, we didn't go to see, sorry, we read in separate rooms, in separate locations, at separate times, Claws by Grant Morrison and Dan Mora. Now, Ben, yeah, you yes. have informed me, and you are somewhat reliable, but not 100%. Not 100%. Ben's Attractions uh, is a frequently recurring section on this podcast. You have informed me that this is, in fact, a continuing series. I thought it was a one and done. The one that you picked up is a one and done. Right. But the initial run was seven issues long. Seven issues? Seven issues long. Grant Morrison was it was his take on the legend of Santa Claus. Suitably ridiculous. Yes, but it's great though. It's oh it's wonderful. Dan Mora, I think, should be largely credited with making it as good a such comic art. book as it is. Such art. Much cleanness. I was just what look we're both stuck on the whole <laughs> we're movie stuck. vocabulary. It's here. the end of the year, Michael. We're I Warner. was reading it, Ben, and you know, there's a lot of Thor in it, obviously. The stacks of Thor. It's it's very it's very Thor. But I was reading it thinking this would be great if this artist did Thor. He should. Dan mm. Mora should do many things. Mm. I became familiar with Dan Mora when he did a series of kind of very clean prints of 90s TV shows. Oh. For example, a Batman animated series. Okay. A Spider-Man 2099. A Batman Beyond. <laughs> he kind of made his... <laughs> that didn't get funny until the third one. But then <laughs> you committed to it enough that it was funny. <laughs> Good old Ben Barrela through <laughs> Um Yeah, he... He has kind of made, he certainly got his name out there from a design point of view by going back and cleaning up these old 80s, 90s mm. cartoon designs and making them 
super slick. He's got a beautiful style that doesn't really rely on lines so much as it does on just very clean shapes and colours. It's I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, it's very nice. It's very nice and a nice little story as well. He's uh, got a great movement as well. He mm. he moves the characters very nicely in how he draws them. I'm I'm a I'm a fan. I was a big fan of the issue issue Ben. It's very good. I don't know how much it cost. It was probably extra because it felt longer than a normal comic. More but, more than likely cost but, a little bit more, but not quite a graphic novel. It's. It, I will be honest. The first run was very entertaining. What happens in this one? He Santa Claus. I'm trying is, to remember which one I'm. Santa on. Claus is he's teaming up with Father Frost. Oh yes, Jack Frost and the Christmas Goat yes. to stop the god the the evil gods who caused Ragnarok. Ah yeah, classic. Yeah, classic. Um, good good stuff. He did kind of stray from the original story. The original story was one man versus a town that forgot the. The spirit of Yuletide, I suppose. But the Krampus is the main villain in the original Ooh. run. Um, is this worth tracking down, Ben? Oh, the, it's a seven-issue ro- frolic. Slo- it's, it's, it's a slobber knocker. Oh, it's it's great stuff. Thoroughly recommended. But it was a fun. It's a fun pre-Christmas thing to read. Ben, I'm asking you this knowing that you don't know. But has it been collected into a trade paperback format that I could? I pick would up? imagine more than likely. Huh. Well, I'm going to do that then. <laughs> well, huh? that was very Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Okay, then. <laughs> well, I'll just do that. Looks then. like Daddy's getting himself a comic book run. <laughs> uh, yeah, so get that. Benjamin. Yes. I've seen a film. A, fi- a film? Yes. Um, last night, I saw a film. As I recall, it was a horror film. Ah. I went outside into the rain. I checked my phone and saw you rang and I jizzed in my pants. Very nice. That's a throwback there to 2008. Well That's a long throwback. <laughs> um, no, I saw a film, Ben. It's a new film on um, on the Netflix. On the Netflix. Uh, with a Sandra Bullock in it. Ah. Called Bird Box. Subtitle, A Quiet Place But With Eyes. Oh. Because, you know, obviously. Because you have to stay blind. You have to stay blind instead of stay quiet. The colour grading is very similar between those two films. The tone and colour grading, from an aesthetic point of view, incredibly similar. And... That's a lie. Oh. You're not lying. The trailer lies. Ah. The trailer very much looks like it was inspired by the reception of A Quiet Place. Okay. I've been calling the film A Blind Place. Fair enough. Um, we shall continue to call yeah, it that we'll call in it typical that. podcast tradition. Um, because it it looks like it's very much going to be a single mother's harrowing journey with her two children um, to try and get somewhere safe when she can't see. Oh, no. Right. Mm. It's not about that, really. That, that is almost a side story. And what it actually turns out to be is a very, very, very bog-standard, post-apocalyptic people trapped in a house. Boo! Yeah. It's really a bit of a lie. Would you almost say it's a pack of lies? It's almost a pack of lies. It's it's very disappointing. Mm. A stellar cast, though. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Mr. Mr. John Malkovich. Yeah, Don, John Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. <laughs> Do you know, I found out why he p- speaks in that very pronounced way. Because he's a famous weirdo. No, no, no. He was deaf for the first couple of years of his life. Was he? He was deaf for a very long time and then he had an operation that restored his hearing. The reason he enunciates so clearly is because he's getting used to speaking. Oh. And it stuck as an affectation. But he was deaf for a very long time Malkovich. and learned to speak very late in his life. Malkovich. So now you speak like this. You understand? That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, Malkovich is in it. There's a bit of stunt casting. Class. Uh, Sarah Paulson is in it. Mm. <laughs> that was. I, I actually don't find Sarah Paulson attractive. You've uh, you she's just nominated yourself uh, she's, for Bad Egg of the Year. There, she's she's oddly popular for no reason. She's a good enough actor, though. Let's be honest. Is she? Yeah, she's pretty okay. good. She's also in Class, the upcoming movie Class. She was also in um, American Horror Story. Yes, and she was also in Jack and Jill. Interestingly, because it seems to be the format of the podcast today, where I give you a little bit of tidbit information Go along on. with everything you give me. Go on. She is dating the old lady. From yes. American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah. She's a, a lesbian lady who's going out with an older lesbian lady. Yep. Cougared up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Good for um, her. Ben, the whole thing is there are aliens or monsters or demons. And we don't, we never, we never see them. I hate that. And because the idea is if you see them, you instantly feel, you instantly commit suicide. Oh. Because they drive you so crazy. Oh my. Now, here's the sad thing about the film. Spoilers here. Okay, spoiler. Okay, go ahead. I won't watch it. In the first 10 minutes, 
Sarah Paulson dies. <gasps> and when Sarah Paulson sees whatever it is that you see, she's such an actor that she looks at it and goes, what the fuck is that? And then she does a suicide. Nice. And it's so compelling. And you're thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone else in the movie who sees it isn't a Sarah Paulson level actor. Oh dear. So they just kind of see it and then their eyes change a little bit, possibly with a bit of CGI help. Class. And then they do a suicide very, very similar to Marky Mark's film The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, is this directed by... I did get strong Shyamalan vibes. Well, the whole time I was thinking, what's the twist going to be? And there is a twist. There is a twist, but the twist isn't very exciting. Can Can we have one more spoilers round? Go on. You can you can spoil it for me. I don't. Oh no, there's no the twist is there's not really a twist. The place that they're going to meet, the place the the saving place at the end is a school for the blind. That's where they. <laughs> so it's like every season of The Walking Dead. Yeah, um, we're but, safe now. What? No. <laughs> but once Sarah Paulson dies, no one else recreates that. When Sarah Paulson is killed, it really seems like whatever you see is so horrific. That you can't think of anything to do other than commit suicide. Right. Which is a terrifying concept. Right. But Sarah Paulson, when she dies, it seems like her choice. Yeah, because she couldn't face the other... Whatever mm-hmm. it was she saw. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can't show that on television. Because that yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. There's, it's impossible it's to do It's an impossible that. human concept. Yeah. yeah. Which is why it's so creepy and terrifying. And if the rest of it was like that, you'd because be like... Because of Corrie? In a sense, look yeah. At, look at you with a little Paulson crush. So anyway, no, it's, I actually, I find Sarah she's Paulson a bit annoying. Yeah. No, I'm not, it's not whether she's attractive or not. She is attractive. She's an attractive woman. I find her a bit annoying. Uh, I don't, she, she, she's very, um, she's very, very positive in interviews oh no anyway let me finish what i'm saying sorry everyone else who dies Mm -hmm. they see a thing and it seems to compel them to commit suicide so we change the tone of the beast exactly okay so it it might be something about the nature of the thing that makes rather than you decide to commit suicide it would be much cooler to do the other way right and it doesn't separate itself enough from the happening then. And as you know, Ben, the happening was a bag of Mickeys. It was. Not the good Mickeys, though. The, bad, the, Mickeys. Mickeys. the bad Mickeys. This Mickeys. is the good Mickeys, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of, Michael. Yeah. Speaking of the good Mickeys. Mm-hmm. Should we probably get started? Yes, we will. Ben, in Hollywood, they have the Oscars. They do. Well, no, they have the Academy Awards. They also have those. They have the Academy Awards. And when you win the Academy Award, what you receive is a little statue called the Oscar. Mm-hmm. In Michael and Benjamin's podcast, we have our annual Michael and Benjamin's podcast awards, and the winner of the award gets the Mickey. Yeah, they they get the oh oh no no we made I've the just same realized joke. we made the same joke last year ah was, yeah it's a bit of an old joke ah oh, sorry old yeah, hat so, so look um, we do do a weekly episode though Michael it's hard, <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to keep track of the jokes I had to listen to last year's episode to figure out what oh, we did I'm, last year I'm it was so very sorry. trying. I'm so sorry. I don't know why anyone listens to this nonsense. Ben. To be fair, if Hannah is listening to this now, please make sure you stay with the new episodes and do not go back to the start of our run. Who? To any new listeners, you never have to go back to our earliest episodes. You can just listen to the newer stuff. The yeah. sound quality is better. Yeah. We know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah. Just just go to the later episodes. Don't, don't listen to you. Hannah don't. is a friend of mine who listens to it, but she's, oh, she hi, went Hannah. all the way back to the start. Oh, yeah. And don't, I was like, don't do no. That. No, don't do that. Um, ben, oh, you're going to get some hollow sounding episodes there. Both like in terms of audio quality and just things that we had to say. Because we were uncomfortable with each other at that point yeah. in our careers. It was a bit weird. Ben. <laughs> so Ben, as per tradition, we're going to have a few categories. And then uh, the, the Mickey's Ben is our, is our awards, but also our review of the year. Yeah, it's a year in review. So uh, like every other podcast in the world, we're doing a year in review and then we're taking two weeks off. Yep. <laughs> that was a very silent very podcast friendly high five. So Ben, <laughs> we, as per t- protocol, as per tradition, we'll start with slipping the Mickey for TV show of the year. Oh God! Um, 
for me, Go in on. terms of a superhero... Don't just bloody say your best one straight away. Okay, Have okay. you no understanding there, no, there of tension? Been, sorry, I'm sorry. There, there have been a few. Are we are we doing brand new shows? Or no, no. Are we do, oh, we can TV do entries. Here. Okay. Yeah. In that case, season three of Daredevil gets an honourable mention mm. in, in, my, in my world. Right. Uh, the Good Place, which is a comedy, mm. was in season three. It gets, yeah, it gets my vote. Shirt and son of a birch. Yeah, exactly, because you can't curse in the good place. Yeah. But man, my God, I didn't know what you were doing there for half I a second. I didn't know either. I can't um, remember what they say. It's not, what is it? Oh, shirt is shit, right? Yeah, shirt. And what do they say for bitch? Bur- no, it's birch. I think, you're, birch? I think you're absolutely right. And the, oh Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Go on. Uh, I Keep would, talking. Keep I would talking. like to give Titans a, a, a very solid nod from moi. I bet you would. Uh, settle down. Settle down, Michael. Um, but but all very very good entries there, Michael. I don't really have. Well, here Ben, I'll throw some more. You, you throw some, some more because I couldn't think of as many. You were the TV guy on the podcast, Michael. Sabrina, yes, has a new series this year. Great I, entry into the Netflix. I didn't like it. Okay, I thought you did. My mistake. No, I didn't, Ben. I um, I don't like things that tend to wear their politics on their sleeve too much. They do. It is very Me Too-y. It is very political. It sees the world through a very one very specific lens. The Handmaid's Tale, to be precise. I found The Handmaid's Tale less annoying because the less, at least The Handmaid's Tale was a political... Yeah, you knew what you were getting into. It's a political point. Mm-hmm. Sure. Whether you agree or disagree with it, and of course, you, you if you don't disagree with what goes on in The Handmaid's Tale, you're a terrible human. But... <laughs> Um, Sabrina, you are. I'm not watching Sabrina for a, a political, political commentary. commentary. I'm watching it for a witch doing a thing. If you are watching the CW for political commentary, ladies and gentlemen, Sabrina's Netflix. Uh, yes, but it's CW realm in that it shares the same universe as Riverdale. Oh yeah, it, it, it's a weird crossover thing. Weird crossover it's hard thing, to yeah. hard to figure out. If you are watching the CW for your political opinions, stop. Mm. Don't do that. That's Don't not do that. good. Don't do it. It's Mm-mm. bad. Yeah. Um, the reason I gave up on Sabrina was the cat doesn't talk <laughs> in the new Sabrina. And well, I can't have that. I, look, I, I, I've only seen a couple of episodes, so we're not going to call it number one. Something I did thoroughly enjoy, Ben, mm. um, but didn't make it all the way through, was The Haunting of Hill House. Great show. Very good show. I hated it because it kept me awake for hours. Yeah. Great. Stunning great show. Great show. Aesthetically, thematically, mm. plottily. Yeah, very on point. Solid. Um, I didn't see any of Westworld season two. Uh, neither did I. I never picked it up again. Yeah. Um, I didn't pick it up again instantly because I cannot stand Jonathan Nolan. I don't know who that is. He is uh, Christopher Nolan's half-brother. Uh, he quite often co-writes Christopher Nolan's movies with him. Um, is the major is the is the major writer, the main writer, also known as the head writer uh, of Westworld, oh. and he keeps bitching about fans spoiling his plots. Oh. Uh, and the the simple answer to people spoiling your plots is don't write derivative things that people can just, figure out yeah, so easily. Make a better plot, you son make of a bitch. Make a better plot, Jonathan. Like your brother Christopher. Christopher writes some great plots. Yeah. For all his flaws, sometimes they have plot holes, but it's compelling stuff. Yeah. Look, Ben. If when you're dealing with fiction, you have to accept plot holes. Compelling old, stuff. Old stories would just be two men decide to make a podcast, and it's a moderate success. I wouldn't say we're a moderate <laughs> success. Michael. I'd say we're a right a uh, middling to low ended failure. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh, ben, I've only seen a couple of episodes of the new addition to the CW world, Black Lightning. I have seen quite a few episodes of Black Lightning. Politics on sleeve, mm-hmm. so that automatically discredits from your end. Not meant for us. Oh Jesus! Christ. No, no. I've said this about I've said this about Luke Cage before, Michael. There are certain story points or references that are not for someone who isn't from the African American community, and I don't mean that as a white person. I mean that as someone who has never come from a, an American background, let alone an African American background. As an Irishman, as an Irishman, I'm completely outside of the realm of that show. Mm-hmm. It's Fairly solid. One of the most superhero-y CW uh, Well, the shows. CW shows are a lot more superhero-y now than when you used to watch them. I don't... They're I'm not going back. superheroes. It's... I'm not going back. I refuse. No, look, that's fine. Ben, The Gifted is still pretty good. Okay. But not spectacular. Glad to hear it. Um, Polaris is Polaris now. She has her green hair and her... Polaris her loves a selfie on Instagram. She's a big fan of the Instagram. Yeah, Emma Dumont. the gram. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Did you watch Maniac? I didn't. 
I didn't. Not neither. Is it I good? Saw, no, I, we were just. I saw the first episode. It seemed good, but uh, I never got around to seeing the whole did thing. Did you watch Alternate Carbonate season two? Is season two out? Is it? No, I don't think so. Is it being made? It's it's in the process with Anthony Mackie. Cut the check. Yeah, you know it's him. Yeah, it's it, we're not. We don't have the original Kovacs. Right. Let's go into well the original Kovacs. Who is the original Kovacs? Yeah, exactly. Huh? Yeah. Takeshi Kovacs, yeah. the, the Japanese guy, I think. Let's talk about some of the some of the art, the Netflix things. Jessica Jones season two, bit of a bit of a drag, bit of a bit of a damp squib. Did you watch it? We never have to. I watched the first couple of episodes. Yeah, gave up. It was very. Yeah, it was a bit of a drag. It just. I honestly think. And this is a terrible, terrible, terrible besmirching. But I think David Tennant was essential to that show. He was. And the episode that he's in of season two is great. It's the strongest episode. Yeah. I went and watched that directly rather than watch. Yeah. Well, look, Ben, we've said it before. It's, it's a villain that makes a show in a lot it of is. cases. And that was proven right. Yeah. We were, we were vindicated. It was proven right by Daredevil season three because it brought back the great Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Vanessa. Mm. That man butters my biscuits. <laughs> Do you want them to, or does he just come around your house and you go down in the morning? All your butters have been, all your biscuits. Have been my buttered. biscuits have been buttered. <laughs> Someone buttered my biscuits when Someone. I was asleep. Ben, did you watch Legion season two? No, never got around to it. It was all. It was pretty good. Never got around to it. it was... I heard damning things. Um, Luke Cage season two. No. <laughs> you know I didn't I... Iron Fist season two. No. Yeah, none of them were very solid, to be honest. I I was not. I was never a fan of Iron Fist and Luke Cage I found difficult as soon as they got rid of the stellar, stellar Cottonmouth yeah, villain. Cottonmouth is it's a villain that makes a show, Michael. Yeah, And for me, that. replacing it... Yeah, sorry, I forgot. For me, replacing it with the, quite frankly, melodramatic sister or cousin? Cousin. cousin. Was strange. It was a strange one. Uh, poor ben, choice. The, I'm not saying this was show of the year. Go on. But the surprise highlight of the year for me was Cloak and Dagger. Yes, I have Cloak and Dagger down here. Cloak and Dagger. I figured Cloak and Dagger would be your show of the year. Uh, I think Daredevil season three was better. I think Daredevil season three wins for me as well. It's a it's a fitting swan song to the character in terms of the it Netflix is. universe. Um, Not too sad to see it wrap up because it wrapped up well. Charlie Cox is Charlie Cox is yeah. a close Ooh. personal friend hey, of Charlie, Charlie Cox. Clo- I'm Charlie Cox. I'm from England. And I'll look at your watch for you. I'm here to adjust everything to Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> <laughs> You've made a slip of the tongue, Ben, but I've gone right at you for it. <laughs> I think your timing must have been off. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the final episode of Michael Benjamin's <laughs> podcast. See you again, never. Um, Charlie Cox is solid AF. It was enjoyable to see Foggy just kind of drift away. away the Irish other things. with bags of potato in the background. Um, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. That was that was fun stuff. Vincent D'Onofrio, as you said, Bullseye turned out to be quite good. Yeah, quite a compelling villain. Yeah, there he is. There, look. Oh, look, you have him now. Yeah. Oh, look um, at him. Yeah, look at him up there. Wait, where? Ah, that's him in the... Ah, okay. Ah, very clever. He comes in a daredevil suit. Ben, what I would say is... I think The Haunting of Hill House might have been better than than Daredevil Season 3. But I didn't see all of it, so I can't really commit to calling it the best show. It's a a tough call. Um, I would say The Haunting of Hill House, in terms of me, was the most surprising show of the year. Because I hate horror, as you know, Michael. Um, My stomach churns. You're spooked. I'm, I'm like a small... Untamed deer. Easily spooked. Easily spooked. Even with the promise of a carrot. <laughs> I don't fuck around. Is that what, that's that's I, how you would lure bolt. a deer if that's you needed you to get a deer catch in Phoenix Park. You give get a, a carrot. carrot and yeah. they come up and look. Ben, it's about time we talked about this. I would I would prefer if the tourists in the Phoenix Park stopped feeding the deer. It's not a good idea. No. It's not a good don't, idea. Don't domesticate wild animals. Leave Having them be. said that, I've been to Nara in Japan, Ben, as you know. Did you feed some deer, Michael? I did feed some deer, mm. and it was quite a charming place to visit. So is Phoenix Park, if you're a tourist. Mm. Or a fan of dogging. <laughs> <laughs> or late night assaults. Late, yeah, don't go to Phoenix Park at night, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and don't feed deer at night with your carrot. That's weird. No, that is weird. Um, so ben, yeah, Haunting of Hill House, strong second. Because we're a pop culture podcast first, let's go with the superhero one. All right. Daredevil Daredevil season three. But Daredevil Haunting of Hill House, solid number two. Honorable mentions to Titans. Titans and anything else? No, that's pretty much it for that's me. That's pretty much it. Okay, moving oh, on. Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger. Bloody, bloody great. Cloak, Cloak and Dagger, Dagger. 3. Uh, well, Titans honorable mention. What Cloak and Dagger lacked was a great villain. 
Ah, they need a bit of oomph. Yeah. In terms of the villain. Perhaps yeah. they'll bring David Tennant back from the dead. Yeah. There's always... Did you see Runaways Season 2 has started? No, I didn't. I Very didn't. dull first episode. I have not cared about Runaways because I don't think it's aimed at my demographic, Michael. I'm too old to watch those shows now. Anyway. Go on. Let's move on, Ben. And do a film of the year. Oh, a film of the year would be very yes. enjoyable, Michael. Like, like a pair of Mark Kermodes. Yes, I saw that. His his blog is now wrapping up. Mm. I enjoy Mark Kermode on occasion. Yeah. He's oddly snobby, yet not snobby. I don't ben, know how he strikes that balance. There were, to use the technical term, a fucking shitload of films this year. Metric in, fuckton, Michael, here metric in Europe. Fuckton, yes, of um, films <laughs> in our department this year. Yeah. I'm just going to run through. Uh, this is going to be a very engaging segment where I just say the names of films. Sure. Here are some films. Yes. Um, Into the Spider-Verse. Bumblebee. Yes. Aquaman. Yeah. Black Panther. Oof. Avengers Infinity War. Yep. Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Indeed. Incredibles 2. Certainly. Annihilation. Not wrong. Venom. True. Fantastic Beasts. Still and going. Where to Find Them 2. The Crimes of Wrinklewort. <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yep. Uh, searching wasn't really in our remit But it was very good The, the Predator <laughs> Yes um, uh, Ready Player One mm-hmm. uh, It's it's non-stop yeah. It's a fucking it's, it's hard to, it's, it's really hard It was hard for us to wade through this year I, I think every year you hear people complain about Superhero saturation And we did where it's going on it. we, we, well, You weren't here We were on peak superhero to, mm-hmm. uh, This time around Peak superhero uh, some of some of the highlights for me. I, Ready Player One. No, we're gonna. I, right. I did not enjoy Ready Player One. Um, I thought it was too much, too big. It had Hannah John Cayman in it. Help me out. Uh, from Ant Man and the Wasp, she played Ghost. Ah, sorry. She's from the TV yes. show Killjoys, which yes. is probably my favorite TV show of the year. <laughs> okay, well, we can go back and adjust that <laughs> no, suitably no. in a moment. No, no, that's fine. Um, moving on from there, what else did we read out there? Uh, we start from earlier in the year. Yeah, go on. Surprising early candidate for best film, Mission Impossible Fallout. Great. I watched that recently. Mm. Bloody good. Isn't it a good film, isn't it? Good. Yeah. Just a great film. Yeah, no big glaring plot holes, not too convoluted. Ethan Hunt is compelling yeah. to watch as a character. Tom mm-hmm. Cruise does a great job, that guy. The scene where he might have to... Okay, are we doing spoilers? Oh, by the way, in Bird Box. Oh. <laughs> There's a wow Sophie, There's a Sophie's Choice moment And um, they just go in the end Ah fuck it We'll save them both Oh no <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's so disappointing The whole point of the ah, uh, yeah. There are far better Sophie's Choices To be found in Mission Impossible Or the film Sophie's Choice Or the film Sophie's Choice <laughs> um, Great villain In Sophie's Choice No <laughs> no. Mission Impossible The, the villain in Sophie's Choice is society yeah. um, <laughs> In Mission Impossible Great film. But let's not do spoilers because someone might go and watch this afterwards. Right, okay. um, spoilers, so but, but well acted all, all around. Um, strongly done. Just a great by the numbers yet oddly compelling, engaging, well acted film. Yeah. Good film. Yeah. Next. Um, Annihilation. Great film in terms of abstract concepts. Mm. Uh, well acted. I yeah. thought around the board from everybody spooky, involved. Spooky and atmospheric. Spooky and atmospheric. Uh, great 70s sci-fi. Free on Netflix, as it were. As it were. Um, yeah. Uh, well, let's pick a, a one from earlier in the year. Deadpool 2. Rewatched very recently. Two, the this new, week. The new one with Fred Savage? No, no, no. To, uh, Deadpool 2. Not Deadpool, a Christmas special. Right. Um, Deadpool 2. Great film. Um, probably better than the first one. Yeah. I've come back to it and kind of really gotten down to it. There's not a lot of meat in the first one. There's, there's, it's it's, a, it's it. a, a potatoless meal. Yeah. Get some meat, but no potatoes. It's always it's always bloody meat and potatoes with you, isn't it? I'm a meat and potatoes guy, Michael. Don't don't judge me for that. Yeah. Um, ben, a meat and potatoes guy is the 1990s way of saying a basic bitch. Well, I'm a basic bitch. Oh, that's nice. Ben, basic yeah, ben. so Deadpool, pretty good. Um, not amazing. Incredibles 2 didn't, didn't, didn't float my boat didn't the way Incredibles 1 did. Didn't pizzazz me at all. Very anachronistic to have a villain called the Screen Slaver. Screens were in not the widely 60s. used in the 60s. Um, let's talk about, maybe this might, uh, this might be one of our contenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Predator. <laughs> ah, <laughs> it was a it was a conceit, a bamboozling. Yeah, it wasn't. It was crap. Uh, shite movie. Yeah, it was no good by all accounts. Yeah. Um, let's talk about one of the real possible contenders, Ben. 
and this might be a controversial one because I don't think it is the film of the year, but a lot of people do think it is. It's the Black Panther. No, no. I recently rewatched the Black Panther, and that film was definitely um, a victim of its own cultural significance. I don't know if victim is the right word, but I agree with what you're saying. Um, very, obviously, a milestone in terms of black culture, in terms of representation, mm-hmm. in terms of even gender representation. The, mm-hmm. the I can never say the name of that bloody honor guard. Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje, thank you very, very much. Fantastic conceit, uh, concept, concept, not conceit. Yeah. Very nicely executed. Solid director who knows what he's doing, clearly, yeah. in terms of design blocking plot etc yeah very by the numbers the plot very by the numbers yes and i i do believe i do believe looking again at chadwick boseman very stiff leading man we'll see we we, it remains to be seen on him a strong lack of charisma from that man but you don't necessarily need the black panther to be i think that's one of the one of the trickiest things they've always had with Black Panther in TV shows and cartoons, it's hard to make him interesting because he's a stoic. Without being a, a coming to America yeah. style parody of exactly. what it is to be a ruler from Wakanda. Exactly. So I think that what surrounding with interesting supporting characters saved the day. I think that's why Killmonger stood out so much, though. By comparison with Chadwick Boseman, quite a charismatic, booming kind of character, in my experience. No, look, there we go. Um, <laughs> your experience. Anyway, yeah, they 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 really surrounded him with interesting characters, mm. and that's what you have to do with him. So I don't really begrudge them. Chadwick Poseman, <laughs> he's always like in a pose. <laughs> Chadwick Poseman. Uh, Chadwick Poseman. I don't begrudge them him not being the most charismatic guy, but yeah, I think culturally, if we were doing a Mickey for most culturally significant, it would be Black Panther. Without Black Panther character. by a landslide, but. That's not what we're doing. No, we're doing I would event. not call it Film of the Year. We're doing Film of the Year, Ben. And really, Ben, what we should have called it was Avengers Infinity War of the Year. Yeah, we don't really get away from that film. Um, in terms of the twist nobody saw coming, the secret sequel, etc., etc., etc. Culturally speaking, very significant. I mean, Ben... A nice curveball for Marvel fans around the world. Even in terms of just being a goddamn good film. Great film. With so much baggage. How do you make a film with 40 characters? It shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't have worked, but it did. And not only did it work, Ben, it was a spectacular. Yeah, it was a spectacle. It was as close to a big cinematic spectacle as you're going to get in this day and age. It's the Ben-Hur of 2018. I think it's even more than that. Oh, no, I think it's bigger than that. Because as as we've frequently mentioned, Michael, superhero saturation is threatened quite often when one of these new films comes out. Mm Mm-hmm. This came out and everybody loved it, Michael. Everybody. Everybody. One or two begrudgers. Yeah, but, you know, fuck the begrudgers. Hmm. There's always going to be a begrudger. Josh Brolin, a long-time friend of the podcast, Josh Brolin. Yeah. Uh, great villain. Bloody great Thanos. Well, then, one of the strengths of Infinity War was that it was a film about Thanos. He was the star. He, really. It's Thanos the movie. Yeah. We've he, said this before the in the podcast. Time. Mm. Great film. Great film. Uh, ben... Let's throw a couple of others in there. See, a late contender, Ben, is Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man screen adaptation in terms of honouring the character, the spirit, the theme of the comic book that I have seen in the cinema. Go on. It's bloody fucking great. Um, What I mean by that is uh, the original Sam Raimi things lost their way by... they were odd anyway, really. They were odd anyway, but it was always going to be odd with Raimi. Raimi was famous for the Evil Dead before that. He's a weird dude. He's a weird dude. Spider-Man 1, decent enough. Not the best Spider-Man I've ever seen, because they took Willem Dafoe, who would have made a great Green Goblin without a helmet, mm. and they stuck him in a helmet. They took yeah. a man who is traditionally very menacing in his expressions for a villain who traditionally just wears a menacing version of his own face. They stuck him in a helmet. Did you see, we've looked at it before, the animatronic face that they were going to use, but they stopped using because it didn't work very well and it was too scary. That was amazing. That would have been great. That would have been much better. Uh, Spider-Man 2, probably one of the better ones in terms of the things with Doc Ock. Alfred Molina does a great job. The Andrew Garfield ones we can forget about. They were not great films. Tom Holland does a great job. Don't like how dependent he is on Tony Stark. I I find it, it... I I think it's a little bit what what 
I really like Homecoming. I think it's great. Homecoming is a phenomenal film. I don't mean it like that. It's it's lacking the nebbish dweeby Spider-Man. He's, you, he's you not. He's a very together kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On top of that, Spider-Man traditionally goes it alone. Mm. He is traditionally kind of the New York superhero that does his own thing. Into the Spider-Verse does this phenomenal job of portraying just how much weight is on Peter Parker's shoulders every single day. Chris Pine's Spider-Man is phenomenal in terms of being that paragon of Spider-Manishness. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Parker, what's his name? Jake, Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson does a great job of showing just how much of a toll that would take if you kept doing it every yeah. goddamn day. Never making the right decisions. Never. But that's very Peter Parker. Like, the essence of Peter Parker is every time you try, something will go wrong. But don't forget, the great thing about him was he was still a great Spider-Man. He was still a great Spider-Man. It it came back. a terrible Peter Parker. Yeah, he was in a bad spot. But he was a brilliant Spider-Man. It was a really nice nod to that entire universe. The mm-hmm. core of what it is to be Spider-Man is there. Aunt May was great. She is the best Aunt May I have ever seen on screen. She had a touch of the Sally Fields about her. Um, she had a touch of the Incredibles about her as well. Yeah, she in a like, way, um, I suppose the 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 spider cave was a was a jump too far. But I thought it was unreal. I bought the art book, as did. you know. You put it's it on your sex rug. On my sex rug, my very important sex rug. I'm so sorry to the people that have, <laughs> have seen to that spend rug. time on that rug. Um, phenomenal book, a great way of looking. Visually speaking, just a stunning film. Yeah, it was very good. Um, it was great. Good That's War, in my top three for the year. Me too. Yeah, but it wasn't as good as Infinity War. It wasn't as good as Infinity. War. I watched Searching the other day, Ben. I thoroughly recommend Which it. Which one is it's Searching? Not really, it's about a dad trying to track down his daughter who goes missing, oh. but it's only seen through screens. Oh, I saw. I've seen it. I've seen half of that film. It's very good. Very good. Very good. good. Lots of twists good. and turns. It's very lots of twists and turns. But Ben, look, it, we always knew it was going to be Infinity War. Um, so it's Infinity War. Any honorable mentions before we move on? Searching, I, obviously. And then... I liked Searching. I like. I really enjoyed Mission Impossible Fallout. Mm. It was probably my second favorite film. Of the Mission year. Impossible Fallout was. Very good. Mm. I mean, Ant-Man the Wasp was fine, but it wouldn't have been up there, up the top. I very much enjoyed Black Panther. Jurassic World was terrible. And Aquaman was surprisingly good, yeah, yeah. but only about as good as Ant-Man the Wasp. Mm. One that you and I were big fans of, I want to throw into the list. Upgrade. Upgrade was a great little film. That I was going to save this that year. for a kind of surprise, oh, surprise hit of the year, but shit. Upgrade was fantastic. Upgrade was great. The movie that Venom wanted to be. The movie that if only Venom had been. Yeah. If only. If only. It would have been great. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from there, Michael, on to comic books. Comic book. Best comic book of the year, Ben. Best comic book of this the is year. This usually uh, your, your department more than mine. Well, you have the comic book roundup every week, Michael, um, which I hope to return to in terms of tropes and analysing them. And here's Well, here's what mind. I've enjoyed this year, Ben. I have thoroughly enjoyed The Immortal Hulk, oh, but not consistently. Mm. Um, I've really grown to enjoy uh, Die, Die, Die. Die, Die, Die. And The Magic Order. The magic order. You, 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 and the, the magic, magic order. The magic order turned me around. Ben just ran off with each other. You had a great old time. It turned I mean, me around. Your sex rug was soiled by me and the magic order. And, but yeah, I wish I really hadn't invited you around to dinner. <laughs> um, that was really strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go on. But yes, we had the new Avengers run. Meh. Yeah, I need to take a leave. That to be honest, poor. To be honest, uh, the new Justice League run, which I still think is phenomenal. Uh, Scott Schneider and. Jorge Jimenez. Jorge Jimenez. Um, and, of course, uh, industry legend whose name escapes me, Jim Chung. Thank you. Didn't escape me for too long. Uh, die, die, die. I never got around to reading, sadly. Look, it's not comic of the year. It has grown on me, not as quickly as The Magic Order. And yeah. ah, I couldn't recommend it in, in good faith. In good faith, fair enough. Uh, the Immortal Hulk is very close to being my top comic of the year. It, when it's good, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. When it's... Superhero schlock, meh. Yeah. Leave it on the shelf. Look, it is. I, I wish it was a. I almost wish it was an out of continuity, um, just retelling of the Hulk because that would be amazing. But so much of it needs to throw back to Hulk villains sure. like the Absorber Man and sure. um, what's his name, Sasquatch. Yeah, he's the Sasquatch. That's that's his name. Yeah, so it needs to throw back to them to work, but then again, you have to bring in the other character. Oh, it's so close to this. It's so close there's to editorial this. pushing and shoving yeah, going it's... on there. We we threw this out to our uh, Instagram fan base, and Beasts of Burden was mentioned. You read some of Beasts of Burden. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. Beasts of Burden is a strange one. Um, I 
have stopped reading it. I've kind of forgotten to pick it up a couple That's of weeks ours. in a row. That it's, but it was good. It's enjoyable. It's doesn't fun. Mean anything? Uh, it's some... English dogs in the countryside yeah, solving not? mysteries. Why not? If you like supernatural and you like dogs, then game you'll... <laughs> ball. <laughs> then you'll like beasts of burden. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Batman reading this year, as you mm. know. Batman Dam turned out to be a bit of a meh. Yeah, his Willie was in it. Though. Um, yeah, his Willie was in it, but he got his own Mickey. He got his own Mickey. Yeah, he has his own Mickey. He doesn't need ours. Um, although apparently giving size ratings, he does need ours. He yeah. could use a little addition, little little more stuffing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have, Ben, I don't have any I can spare. It's uh, <laughs> fair enough. I think that's true for yeah. everyone in the tiny room. Uh-huh. <laughs> but generally speaking, uh, bit a bit a bit of a damp squib on that end of things. Not a great thing. Two things wrapped up this year, Ben. Uh, Transformers The Lost Light, which was for a long time sure. was one of my famous com- favourite mm-hmm. comics. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't too sad to see it go, which is a her- terrible thing to say about something Fair I've enough. been reading for Fair seven enough. or eight years. Did Invincible finish this year? Invincible did finish this year. Well, Michael, then Invincible's right. very solid ending wins Comic Book of the Year from me. Oh, well, okay. That was that was so easy. Um, there were other ones like uh, The Weatherman for me uh, but is for the me, weatherman a stormwatch thing is it henry uh, bendix no the weatherman is the weatherman is an image comic that's a space opera basically mm. very good space opera though very good space opera uh, i recommend it it's an image comic space the opera. weatherman I'll put the that weatherman little, yeah you should bit. check that out uh, that was a really really good one i didn't pick it up in a physical copy i paid for it and read it uh, beguilingly online mm-hmm. uh doom patrol was a good addition for us i think i really enjoyed doom patrol i was going through and I think the spirit of Doom Patrol is really what set me up for the new Justice League run. For me, my comic book of the year is Justice League because it's still a fantastic throwback. Justice League? Still a fantastic throwback to, to those wacky 70s comics. They've even gone back to it in how they sell the cover every week where they have like a really melodramatic cover with like a big caption like the end of Wonder Woman and they have like Cheetah's heel into the back of her and stuff like that. It's an amazing comic. It's doing a good run. Zack Schneider has... He's really doing some excellent work with it, and Jorge Jimenez has the Jorge Jimenez. Jorge Jimenez still has the best art uh, for superhero comics that I've ever seen. It's mm. it's really well adapted. So for me, it's just a stake, and for you, it's the end of Invincible. Two things, two comics, which really speak to the purity of what comic books, superhero comic books in particular, can do. So yeah. I think it's a suitable choice from both. Um, did. Did the new Sandman tickle your tickle your tickle your Mickey's in any way? It lost me. I yeah. I kept up with it. I've, mm-hmm. I'm I'm up to date on the dreaming. Uh, Lucifer is interesting here and there. Um, the the one with the New Orleans gods is very sloppily drawn. Um, it doesn't appeal to me from a visual point of view, and it's quite convoluted. So okay. it doesn't appeal to me from a storytelling point of view. What was the other one in those? There was the dreaming. New Orleans, Lucifer, can't remember. Anyway, didn't hold my fancy. It lacks some of the pizzazz of the original for me. Let's do, Ben, another topic. Let's do disappointment of the year. In terms of? Anything. Anything. Uh, Venom, massive disappointment for me. <laughs> was a disappointment, though, because we never thought it was going to be good. What What disappoints me about Venom is how much goddamn money it's made. I think that's... Uh, uh, I, I don't know what caused that. International markets, special effects, Tom Hardy. Venom is a very popular character. I, mm. I don't think we took that into account. Yeah. He is Edgelord number one pick. Mm. Number one draft pick for the Edgelord. Um, great character in his own right. Tom Hardy wasn't great in that film. But Tom I'm, Hardy's a big name. He's a big name. He's a big draw. But also, no. Just didn't didn't do it for me. Um, I don't know why. I it's going to get why. sequels. It's going to get spin-offs. Very 90s. Mm. V90s. Yeah. Um, and I think the worst thing for me was Sony know how to do a Spider-Man film. No, they don't. But it has to be animated. Oh, yeah, they do. That's that's the weird thing know. for me. I don't know who... I don't know how they made Into the Spider-Verse. It just came so out of nowhere. Someone else had a huge hand in that. Yeah. I don't know... Because it's not even following the traditional Sony formula. Mm. They weren't building a world. They just dumped you in the middle of the world. Mm. Three or four times. <laughs> And it worked so well. I love that weird giant hybrid of traditional Green Goblin and Ultimate Green Goblin. He was a fantastic little mini shot. Yeah, Kingpin was oddly entertaining mm. in his huge chunky form. I just love that film. He's talking about Spider Verse again. Yeah, talking sorry, about disappointment sorry. of the disappointment year. Disappointment of the year. Uh, in terms of, I have three for each category. In terms of films, Venom. In right. terms of TV shows, the new Doctor Who. I really hoped. That Jodie Whittaker would do some fantastic work with the new Doctor as the first female Doctor. The showrunner 
is a very bad writer for Doctor Who. He has written some of the greatest flops in history. Go on. Um, and I don't know why they chose him to be the showrunner. Maybe because he had the most experience on the What's set. What did he write? Uh, he wrote some of the Dalek episodes where he mixed up the lore and kind of broke oh, the rules. No. He's he's the guy when Doctor Who breaks its own rules and continuity. It's him. It's him. Oh no! Because he thinks the Doctor is a god. Oh. Um, he's the one that always pushes the element of the lonely god and stuff like that. And that's not who the Doctor has to be. No. But it is with him. He is also friends with Jodie Whittaker and he is the reason Jodie Whittaker signed on. Mm. So I think the BBC took the choice to have a female doctor to be progressive. Not that that's a bad thing. I don't mean that at all. You do though. Um, I don't. I actually don't in this case. I'm quite a fan of Jodie Whittaker and her acting. I think she's a wonderful choice. Some of the episodes are brilliant. For the most part, they don't land properly. Now, both of those people are looking to quit. Um, Jodie Whittaker wants out and so does the showrunner mainly from the backlash from the fans they can't handle the backlash so rather than commit to it Jodie Whittaker is saying that she wants to spend time with her family um, which is fine but why did you sign on to be Doctor Who Who, Mm. if that's what you wanted to do um, she knew how intense it was. She knew how intense the schedule was. She knew what the fan base is. Isn't was that like. intense though? I mean, it's an English show. It only has a couple of episodes. Doctor Who is a little bit different, I think. Though it's a big production, okay. so I think there's a lot of shoots and reshoots. So right. that for me was a big one. Um, and then in terms of comics, anything that Tom King has written for Batman, oh, my I, friend Tom King. Uh, no, not your friend Tom King. I've gone over Tom King's stuff, and I want to like Tom King. His concepts and his initial storylines are supposed to be great. Mm-hmm. They just fucks up characters he seems to enjoy being irreverent with characters not that irreverency is out of place in comic books anyone can fuck around with characters and have a little thing here but you should redeem those characters mm. he makes the justice scene seem like petty little bitches oh. like mean girls with capes um, be good actually yeah and well, that, that would be yeah fair enough but anyway you get my idea so anything Tom King has written um, Heroes in Crisis continues to disappoint me at the mm. minute I, the art is gorgeous I recommend you check it out for the art alone um, but it just doesn't hold my attention mm. Michael what about you any disappointments in I was very disappointed by The Predator but you know didn't have very high hopes for it Predator um, featuring an actual Predator yeah very disappointed that uh, Shane Black cast a sexual Predator in that very disappointed that her entire cast turned into Olivia Munn, who seemed to. I don't know if they did. There's a there's a bit of well, yeah. There's between, a bit of humming and hanging here. There's a bit of a difference between turning on someone and immediately wholeheartedly supporting them when you don't know the full facts. Fair. You know what I mean. I Fair don't point. think that necessarily the people who didn't immediately jump to, to her aid. aid were were bad people. They just might have been waiting to see what what truth would come out of the situation before they. Fair enough. Before they left to... Here's hoping Olivia Munn still has a career next year. She seems to. She seems to be doing all right. She's doing okay. Yeah, she's doing all right. Um, Yeah, um, the Marvel things... The the, the Marvel Netflix could be the disappointment of the past five years. Yeah, that's... Never just coalesced into something great. Yeah, it it started so well. I mean, we had high hopes. Jesse Jones and Daredevil really had high hopes for that. Their defenders could have been the Avengers of TV. Punisher's it's Punisher is great. Punisher's pretty good. I'm still looking forward to Punisher season two. Hopefully, it comes out. Yeah, they, they were my my disappointments yeah. of the year. To be honest, it's a bit, bit, bit grim. Yeah. Um, to wrap this up, Michael, that's that's really. Uh, oh, we always have, of course, our final section. But uh, I would like to shout out. We we did put this out to Reddit and we did put this out to Instagram, and we got some amazing. Um, recommendations I have checked out the trailer in terms of movies um, one of the things that we recommended was Prospect which is like a sci-fi western frontier starring Pedro Pascal okay Um, kind of an independent thing it has one of the Duplass brothers directing it it's really really good it looks really good I haven't seen it Um, but it's basically about two people that are thrown together while they're trying to mine a planet for resources so it is it is very much a western frontier in space, in space I like um, that. that looks very good uh, Possum is one that you might enjoy independent horror uh, kind of a horror fairy tale thing about a serial killer who has to deal with another worldly entity and mm. yeah, very very gripping horror stuff and then Damsel is another one you and a friend of friend of the podcast and general usurper of my throne Shane yes, uh, had an episode favorite. all about westerns and that one that we have wanker. completely missed that has passed me by is Damsel uh, starring Mr. Robert Patterson and Miss Mia Wachowski. Um, very, very good. Very, very good. Mm. Reminiscent of the Coen brothers at their peak. In terms of comic books, it was a little bit harder. One that I thoroughly recommend that we didn't really put on the list is Mr. Miracle. Um, mm. uh, very good run of meta comic book stuff. One that you will really enjoy that a Redditor threw out to us Go was on. Dick Tracy. Uh, Dick Tracy has been launched. Hey, yeah. Dick Tracy. But 
illustrated by the fans of, of you and you are fans of them, the Allard couple. The, 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 the Allard, <laughs> that was terribly Mike, expressed. Mike when. Allard. <laughs> yes. Allard uh, and his wife, whose name escapes me. Laura. Sec- Laura Allard, thank you very much, are writing and illustrating Dick Tracy oh, for 2018. I, like uh, I had a flick through it before coming over. Very, very good. One, another one that many people chimed in on and thoroughly recommended was one for you, um, which is a cosmic horror called A Walk Through Hell and Fearscape. I like the sound of that. What's yes. that? Uh, it is an anthology series with a true line story running through the whole thing mm. to connect them I know what a through line means uh, sorry fair <laughs> enough uh, it was for the listeners as usual uh, <laughs> so I walked through Imperial it's that I'm not going to spoil anything else from that big okay. cosmic horror thing so That's a massive fun. thank you to anyone on Instagram and Reddit who gave us a little help in that direction and, and sent us in the right directions um, as always we finished with our last two categories Michael as is the tradition in our long-standing Mickey's Awards. Go on. Uh, best and worst egg of the year. Uh, worst egg of the year, I suppose, has to be the guy from Predator. I don't, I don't think that's true. That's no, the 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 pedophile guy. Well, he's, yeah, it's one of your famous conceits where, just morally speaking, he's just a he's just a bad egg, terrible human. And being. I, no, I don't really. Um, the guy who decided to cancel. Fucking Netflix. <laughs> I don't know if that was Ike Perlmutter, Jake L- Jeff Loeb. Well, it was a dickhead either way. Look, it's always Ike Perlmutter. He's our bad egg of the... He's our bad egg of the year. Uh, anybody else? No. Look, it has been a relatively good year. Uh, it hasn't been... It wasn't 2017 for people turning out to be real pricks. Real pricks. We didn't have any Weinsteins. No, we had Kit Perdue. Who's that? He wa- he's, he's, in, he's in Runaways, Marvel's Runaways, and he... In the sex scene in the ni- in the nineties, he made a woman touch his penis. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, well, that's not great, is it? It's not great, but hardly also, bad egg of the year territory, though. If it's the worst thing that happened this year, it's 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 that's well, a good it's year. Good year. Yeah. <laughs> best egg. I, I don't know. Who, me? Yeah, sure. Mick is our best egg <laughs> this year. Um, that's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. If you would like to contend. Uh, any of the categories that were chosen you can't because it's our award show yeah, and we get to decide it's over um, yeah if you think we missed anything and you would like to get it out there please comment uh, on our Instagram yeah. on YouTube, YouTube on iTunes if you're commenting on iTunes just let everybody know that this was review. the best yeah. podcast best. of 2018 podcast. for you. You absolutely loved it. Uh, that can be your Christmas gift to Michael and I. You can go and give us an L review on um, the iTunes. Unless you're someone who would traditionally buy us a Christmas gift, then continue buying us a Christmas gift. Yeah, then keep yeah. buying us presents. Buying us presents. Uh, yeah, that, that was not a, yeah, mom and dad. <laughs> that was a that was get out of Christmas <laughs> <laughs> anyway alright let's wrap it up there anyway that's it ladies and gentlemen uh, happy Christmas to you and yours you are probably listening to this on uh, Christmas Eve uh, yeah. yeah if it goes yeah, out Merry, on time Merry Christmas yeah enjoy Merry it with Christmas. all your family on Christmas Day Merry Christmas alright everyone Merry happy Christmas, Christmas everybody bye See you in 2019 bye